A reading from the book of the prophet Daniel. In those days I, Daniel, heard this word of the Lord. At that time there shall arise Michael, the great prince, guardian of your people. It shall be a time unsurpassed in distress since nations began until that time. At that time your people shall escape everyone who is found written in the book. Many of those who sleep in the dust of the earth shall awake. Some shall live forever, others shall be in everlasting horror and disgrace. But the wise shall shine brightly like the splendor of the firmament, and those who lead the many to justice shall be like the stars forever. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. You are my inheritance, O Lord. O Lord, my allotted portion and my cup, you it is who hold fast my lot. I set the Lord ever before me, with him at my right hand, I shall not be disturbed. You are my inheritance, O Lord. Therefore my heart is glad and my soul rejoices, my body too abides in confidence, because you will not abandon my soul to the netherworld, nor will you suffer your faithful one to undergo corruption. You are my inheritance, O Lord. You will show me the path to life, fullness of joys in your presence the delights at your right hand forever. You are my inheritance, O Lord. A reading from the letter to the Hebrews. Brothers and sisters, every priest stands daily at his ministry, offering frequently those same sacrifices that can never take away sins. But this one offered one sacrifice for sins and took his seat forever at the right hand of God. Now he awaits until his enemies are made his footstool. For by one offering, he has made perfect forever those who are being consecrated. Where there is forgiveness of these, there is no longer offering for sin. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. The Lord be with you and with your spirit. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Mark. Glory to you, O Lord. Jesus said to his disciples, In those days after that tribulation, The sun will be darkened, and the moon will not give its light, and the stars will be falling from the sky, and the powers in the heavens will be shaken. And then they will see the Son of Man coming in the clouds with great power and glory, and then he will send out the angels and gather his elect from the four winds, from the end of the earth to the end of the sky. Learn a lesson from the fig tree. When its branch becomes tender and sprouts leaves, you know that summer is near. In the same way, when you see these things happening, know that he is near, at the gates. Amen, I say to you, this generation will not pass away until all these things have taken place. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will not pass away. But at that day or hour, no one knows. Neither the angels in heaven, nor the Son, but only the Father. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. If you recall last week's Gospel, um, it was the woman, the widow, putting her entire savings into the temple treasury. Jesus doesn't reward her. He doesn't say, like, you know, Elijah rewarded the widow at Zarephath. The widow of Zarephath got uh, food for for a year, uh, kind of a miracle. Jesus doesn't say to the woman, okay, look, go check your purse. It's actually going to be full. He just makes this simple observation. Uh, he holds her up as an icon of, of poverty, 
a model of, of trust. This woman trusts in God, gives everything away. Jesus just points it out to the others. Look, we got to be like her. So he doesn't heal her. He doesn't, he doesn't give anything. We don't see an immediate reward or fruit of her trust. I mean, she could have gone away and, and been poor for all we know and, and died. What we do as Catholics doesn't always bring tangible results. We don't always see the fruits right away. Okay, think about it. You're, you're someone, we're, we're prayerful people. We pray and we pray. We go to mass. We do our rosaries and we're still filled with sin. We still feel far from God. We're still as confused as ever about life. We follow the Ten Commandments. We contribute to the church. We do other charitable deeds. We, we volunteer. And yet we're afflicted with cancer. We lose our jobs. We see our children fall away from the faith. And meanwhile, to top it off, the people, our neighbor, who don't go to church and who don't follow the commandments seem to be living in in comfort and luxury and everything seems to be going their way. But something is happening, as as we've said before, on a a deeper level of our soul. And it's not, again, always going to bring us material or, or concrete results, tangible results. The woman probably didn't notice Jesus' Jesus observing her. And the disciples probably were confused again why Jesus, after making this observation of the woman, simply left the temple without doing anything. But he's showing, again, the apostles that the deeper level of trust on the level of the soul, as opposed to the exterior satisfaction or reward, is more important. So the disciples, I'm sure, are challenged when Jesus walks away after the observation doesn't do anything for the woman. But ultimately, it's being challenged that's going to lead them to a deeper faith. And so what happens in the narrative, Jesus walks out of the temple having observed the woman. He's, it's the end of the day. Um, he's, you know, he's observed the woman. He's battled with the Pharisees. Those were previous gospel passages. And he goes across the Kidron Valley, like he'll do in a few days when he dies, uh, to go into the Garden of Gethsemane for the agony. Across the Kidron Valley this day, this evening, and he sits on the Mount of Olives. And he overlooks the temple. And he's got Peter, Andrew, James, and John. Now, this is kind of unique. Usually, Jesus usually has the the big three, uh, Peter, James, and John. But this time he takes Andrew, which is interesting that he has this fourth individual. And Jesus makes this observation of, of the temple and the end of the world. Now, I find it interesting that he takes this fourth person, Andrew. I think that's an invitation for all of us uh, to be this, this fourth member of the, of the party listening to Jesus. And Jesus gives the, the ultimate message to be watchful, to be alert. Because the end is coming. The temple is going to be destroyed. It looks beautiful. And there's all this stuff going on. But it's not important. What's ultimately important is your relationship with God. Your trust in God. Your your soul, your relationship with God is strengthened when you, like that widow, contribute your whole livelihood. When you totally trust in God. That's what Jesus is saying as he's overlooking the temple. Watching. Watching things going on. All right, it's a message to us as well. 
And I think it's an encouraging message. Usually when we read about the end times, you know, things are going to be destroyed and the stars are going to fall. You know, it's confusing and it's not usually the most uplifting. I mean, we don't really want the world to end. But to me, it actually is a message of consolation to focus on what is important, that the things of the temple, worldly things aren't important. What's important is spiritual things, souls, relationships. This is consoling, and I'm sure Peter and Andrew and James and John were consoled as they were leaving the temple. Jesus has been telling them essentially that they're called to be priests. Now, priests fundamentally work in the temple. The temple is their is their job, if you if you could say, quote unquote. This is what the letter to the Hebrews is, is talking about, our second reading. Now, these men, Peter, Andrew, James, and John, called to be priests like Christ, are probably looking at the temple where the priests are acting and doing their job, especially the high priests. And they're like, I don't want to do that. I mean, these guys have managed this impressive building and they're raising funds and they all this work constantly going on. I mean, the, the temple of Jerusalem was a massive structure, a lot of administrative, a lot of construction. Uh, they, the priests of the temple are, are shrewd politicians. They're dealing with uh, the various factions in Judaism, Pharisees and Sadducees and Zealots. They're dealing with the Romans. Uh, they're dealing with Herod, who's a Jew, but not really. He's kind of a temporal leader. Uh, they have to do the upkeep. Again, they have to raise money. They have to know the law. They're teaching the law. They have to know the history. They're teaching the history. And Peter and, and the apostles, they're not financiers, they're not scholars, they're not accountants, they're not politicians, they're, they're fishermen. They're fishermen who spoke Aramaic, not Hebrew even. And so Peter and the others might have been discouraged when they're called to be priests, thinking what, this is what the priesthood is. But this is what Jesus is telling him when he takes him outside of the temple. He says, look, your priesthood is not there. Your priesthood is here in me, in my heart. And that's why I find it encouraging too, because I love being a priest my job fundamentally as a priest is not to upkeep the temple and manage politicians and so forth. It's to love God and to introduce you all to God and to help you love God. And you who are baptized in the priesthood as well, the common priesthood, likewise are fundamentally called to be lovers, lovers of the Lord. Simple, humble, trusting, focused on God in prayer. Trusting like that widow did. The wise shall shine brightly like the splendor of the firmament, said, said the prophet Daniel. That's what it means to be wise. Again, not to be politically or financially shrewd or successful. Not to be religiously intelligent, able to answer rhetorical questions and know the law like the Pharisees. To be wise and to shine is simply to know God. And we know God when we spend time with him, when we pray, when we love him. And this is what you can do. It's what I can do. In fact, it's what we can do best. If our church is going to survive these apocalyptic times, then we need to be wise. That is, we need to be men and women who pray, who know, and who love God. Amen.